another time we're going into the streets and then we remember that our greatest achievements are through building relationships. That's an awesome thing that we as human beings get the ability to do whilst we stretch out and we have mutual connections. And this is where the climax catches you without you wondering because here is where we bring you the clarity vip tevb is my name i bring you through to the climax around the world by the way of the internet to you in malaysia for you in china also in colombia we appreciate you wherever you're listening to from to us and even to you guys over there in in canada dr narayan healings to you and roger from peru around the world we remember that here in jamaica is an awesome place to live and we invite you to take the journey so tonight on the climax one of the things that it's usually a common question um maybe you're of different denominations or or you're of different religious background or views but um in our culture we grow to understand that hope is something that we should live by that gives us a calming understanding and going to church as a communal thing as a religious thing it also brings peace of mind and this is a cultural practice um, right across and even in different uh, countries and different spheres of life but if you go to the mosque or whatever you do we are going to be talking about Christianity for a while so just take a deep breath and just breathe easy we ain't here to make you feel bad so my special guests um, <laughs> interestingly this is spontaneous I have Kimar Thomas online, um, and Asham. Oh no, Asham, man, gosh, she was she was one of our first episodes. So we say, boy. First of all, um, Kimar, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Very good actually. I wanted to say hello to our listeners that are around the world just now. Well, good night. Good night here in Jamaica. Good night to everyone. Or whatever time it may be, greetings to everyone. I am Kemar Thomas, and I will be here with you tonight. Awesome! It's, a, <laughs> it's an it's an awesome thing. No, the, the odd thing about this is that you that are listening, um, this this is the first time I'm speaking with Kemar, so this is not planned, or it was not rehearsed. So he's gonna be giving your his honest views. And it'll be coming through to a question I'm going to be posing. Asham, how are you, darling? Hi, guys. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. And I've been missing like a very, very, very long time. And because I'm going to tell you about that. Yes. <laughs> um, but thank you again. I am doing great right now. Oh. It come like yeah. it is here that some little bit of a ha- um hospitality that we don't have, you know. But we don't, we don't go grudge you. Trust me, trust me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Kimar, just feel free to let us. We're having conversations, and that's an awesome thing. 
So as you, you heard me spoke about in our introduction about a mutualistic sort of relationship. And that's one of the things I'm um, going to church it does bring for even individual Christians, even myself. Because I do go to church. Don't fight, don't fight against me. I do. Mm-hmm. So to you in the U.S., uh -huh. aliens to you. All right. So the question is, are churches adding value? Is this why people are not going to church? That's one of our questions, and um, we want to just expand on that. And, and, and I'm going to lay a bit of foundation so that we can have a better understanding and start talking on different points. Um, persons um, or individuals or humanity in and of itself, they look to entities and enterprises or different forms and shapes to provide um, some level of relief and relaxation. Some people use music. Some people um, do some sort of sports, uh, sporting activity. There are those of us, and, and even generally, that just goes to church and we pray because it's a solace, it's a, it's a place of communication to provide hope. One of the questions is this. We are in 2020, and people are got church in Rasta. They are got church. And even our older folks would say, the younger generation, they not got church. I want to go on. And, and, and people are not giving a life to God and all of these things. But the question is, why are the people they just not got church? So I'm posing this question to you. Are churches adding value? Or is it that churches are not adding any value? To people life. And that's why they not got church. So I'm, I'm posing the question. To any of you who want to answer. I'm on strike. Okay. Alright. Go ahead Kimara. I think you want to come through. Yeah. So when. When. Our church is adding value. No. When I think of. You know the church. And the whole idea of evangelism and, you know, reaching out to persons in order to get them to Christ. When I imagine, you know, back in the days, and now, I would like to imagine that it's very different. Because probably back in those days, how they would evangelize is totally different to how we would evangelize, especially in such a unprecedented time, such as this, where we're experiencing such a ravishing pandemic. And as most preachers and most churches would say, the teachers of the Lord must go on. And that would include still reaching out to others and leading them to the kingdom of God. But are churches adding value? And that's a very good question, I must say. Now, a very broad question. Very, 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 very <laughs> So we're, go we're going to narrate down um, this evening, um, whichever time it is in around the world, to you, Aldi, over there in, 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 in Thailand. Healing to you. It's a, it's a pleasure having you on. Um, so b before we even go any further, your, your, your thing is, based on the pandemic, there are some restrictions. That's, that's just to sum it up. And how things are done back in the day, um, 10 years, 15 years ago. It's a different cycle, especially in 2020, maybe some, some for, for the newer generation. What are your thoughts to the question, Nasham? Yes, my thoughts on that question. Um, what happened? <laughs> well, 
as I said before, it's a very, very tough question. And I believe that can be narrowed down. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to get what the question is saying first. Not a problem. You know, so so. In, in, in the interim, this is what we're gonna be doing. Cause I did I did shift yeah. this up a bit to not introduce you um fully, you 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 guests so persons will know your age range or things like that. Because people need to get a picture. So I posted I I I, I just threw the question out there because you want to get persons to understand what we're here about. Now Kemar, mm-hmm. um I, I would presume you're you're a Christian, am I correct? Yeah, most definitely. What, what, and, 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 and how old <laughs> are you, though? I'm 18 years of age. All right, so you're 18. So you're, you're in your, bro- your, your the bloom of your life, the prime part of your life, where you're just crossing the threshold right now. Yes. And um, mm-hmm. you, when, you, when you think to yourself as a young person, um, just 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 being a Christian, when you say Christian, why well, could I see him here? But the question is, I'm going to add to this. Do you think that as a young person in your age range, you have a a good amount of understanding as to um, church in and of itself? How long have you been going to church? Well, as far back as I can remember, it would be my whole 18 years. Perfect. So you've been growing. You grew up in a church, so people have that understanding. Yes, I so, would have yeah. All right. So Ashley, talk to us. Yes, likewise. Yes, you you you've grown up in church, and you're 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 yeah. you're, you're brand new, pani twenty C, not you. <laughs> Jesus, thank you. I will not, again. <laughs> yes, November is right there, but yes, right there. Uh, yep. You know, we say a brand new pani. <laughs> thank you. I will again. So, um, so, 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 as persons get an understanding, by the way, to you, our listeners, um, you know, I just turned 25, the 4th of October. So, thank yeah. you. All right. So, 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 we're the whole up still. <laughs> so, to you that are listening in America and also the UK, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old, if you, if I should say. All right. So, this is what I'd, I'd, I'd want to, to ask. When I say adding value, most of the time people goes to churches or different entities and they are part of groups and they feel neglected. And adding value, you know, churches, most schools and uh, schools and, and different institutions um, came out of church, especially in, in, in Jamaica and the Caribbean actually. Because most schools were formed out of church, like even the William Nib um, um, high, high School. There are some other institutions that were birthed out of Baptist churches, and this is how it came through. Addition of value is actually putting something better to your life or contributing to your life or development or helping it. So this is why I asked about va- uh, a value. So Yeah, but the question, mm-hmm. Taiwan would be, what value would that be a physical, emotional, spiritual, mental? And those are so all of the a... things that I'm incorporating. Right. So that's where we're trying to get at. Would it incorporate everything? Would yes, we're incorporating everything. For everything. That's correct. Okay. So is it adding value? Yes. 
Do you think so, Kemar? Well, for me, it actually, in my years of being a Christian, it has actually added a great deal of value through, you know, learning and listening and participating in church and, you know, experiencing God for myself, living the Christian life. It has, it has added some amount of value through various aspects or various values of my life. Give me, a, give me an understanding. Let's break it down. So you said some aspects. Let's talk about those sums because we're going to look at the operative word sum. Um, what aspect has it added value to your life? Because there are those that are out there because one of our, our, our persons that would, would have joined us, she would have said, well, I would have said the, the sense that they can't no, that not add no money to my pocket. So they'd say it's not adding any money to their pockets. It's not, they're not getting any sort of psychological assistance or um, any lot, le, level of comfort. But, but tell us, what it was your experience of value? This particular thing happened, what, four years ago, so I was 14, mm-hmm. and my, it, it, it so happened that my parents' marriage fell apart, and I was in the middle of it, and I was just a young teenager, just figuring things out, and when it happened, it, it took a very, a very big toll on my life, and I was stuck between ending my Christian journey, or just it out and see where it goes. And honestly, I I sat and I, and I apart from you know the scriptures and all of that, I thought logically of if I should stop serving God, what would I what would profit me if I just go back to being a, um, a worthy and a sin as 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 they would put it? What 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 would I get from it? And when I sat down and I was saying, okay, don't like this. Smoking doesn't make any sense to me, you know. Um, drugs and all this stuff that I see my other schoolmates participating, the bugger woman, you know, all that and something. When I look at it, I'm saying, that must sound like me. And I had to sit down and I had to say, all right, it's either I'm going to grow from this or I'm just going to fall back and just fall out. And I found my way through. I thought God has prayed constantly. And I realized that mentally, emotionally, I was in, in that four-year period, four-year recovery period, I developed so much to the point where I was able to even see my father and still be able, able to tell my father that, listen, daddy, I love you. And when I realized how comfortable I became with my situation and how I grew, I ended up attributing my, my recovery to my relationship with God, the time I spent with God. So personally, the way I would see if you want value from something, you have to go after it. That's the way I see it. I went after what I wanted. I wanted, I didn't, I, I, I sat and I thought, if I sit here and just remain as is, nothing will change. Because if you, if you want change, it's not going to come to you. You have to go, you have to pursue change in order to benefit from change. This and is so said, powerful. We never looked at it. I got to pause you right there and hashtag that VIP Tabby style. So Kemar suggests that if you're looking for value, you have to go for it. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sending it out there. All right. 
so 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 um when i'm when i when i when i listen to that statement i i'm, I'm just writing here it just captures me just a while ago um when you stated this because sometimes what we're actually aiming to receive it's always within us to open our mind to receive it so sometimes it can be there because it's it's like having a performance someone is singing a song and if you're not you're not interested in it when the song actually um takes takes place two persons can be in the audience one person loves it and 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 it just helped their souls and the other person is like what was that <laughs> so this is this is a bit of a thing that i'm getting so that's powerful C go ahead and continue kemar tell tell us more and even as I thought about, you know, if you want value, you have to go for it. I, as a young young boy growing up, anytime my, I would go to the market with my mother and, you know, market is a very big place. So you have persons with various prices and, mm -hmm. you know, that once you sell something, that some persons might sell it at a particular price, but it may not be as good as you want it to be. But you can search around in the market until she finds another figure who has the same product, they like yam or stuff. You check one place and the yam is like say, $70 a pound. And she said, okay, that's a little too high now. And she keeps on searching and searching until she finds the perfect price. And that same product has wonderful quality and she doesn't have to go beyond her budget. And it's the same thing when you're looking for value. When you want, you have to go for it because we're, we're living in a world where it's not everything that you see is of value. As mm -hmm. the proverb says, it's not everything that glitters is gold. That's so correct. Sometimes you might see certain things out there and we're saying, for example, let's let's be realistic. Now I'm smoking. Persons mm -hmm. might say to you, if you if you go to a smoker, you're they're going to say that listen, um, I smoke and it adds value it adds value to my life because it keeps me calm, cool and all that. But in truth and in fact, when that calm and cool is gone, they go they go back to the, the stressful situation that they're in and they have to be constantly feeding on the smoking and so on to keep themselves at ease. But when you want true value, and this is where the church comes in, when you want true value, you have to go after it. You know what you want because, let me dare say this, it's not every church nowadays that, that's offering proper value. Mm -hmm. Some are just saying, come to us because... So we can get your money and so on. But mm -hmm. if you want true value, you have to be looking to yourself. I always tell people that if you want anything for yourself, you have to start with yourself. You cannot want something for yourself and have to try others. You have to decide within yourself that, listen, this is what I want for me, and I'm determined to get it one way or another. That's quite potent. That's right, quite potent. Right. Um, Ashley, as, you, as, as you've hear, heard of this, most of persons would say, and, and I'm going to throw it out there, they'd maybe perhaps suggest that, all right, well, th th that is what you say, but at the end of the day, 
how is that paying my my bills um after they encourage me to get baptized they just leave me on my own like this and i'm going through the but I, I don't know them they got to the butter bruise when 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 a man or their their boyfriends or their husbands um beats them because they go to church what value is that bringing and they're going through pain when when they leave church pastors doesn't know what they're going through Because I grew up in church and I know what it is like to experience God. So you see, Williams, as the classic, right? They will definitely go after what they can see. But what they don't understand is that, as Kemari said, you have to go after what you want. Mm-hmm. And when you come to church, you say get baptized because that's a physical representation that, hey, I'm gonna live for Christ now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they get baptized, but that's where it starts. That's just the tip of the iceberg, as some would say, right? Mm-hmm. So, in order to know God and to know what He's about and to know how He can facilitate um, your life, you have to get closer to him mm-hmm. right you have to get personal just like when you have a relationship and you want to know the girl and the girl want to know you want the girl want to get together right mm-hmm. so just just like that you and god have to get together so worldians quote unquote they will always see the physical but they don't understand that once you come to god and you totally surrender to him and totally give him your all that he's able to do more than what you even can see, what you think, right? What we can fathom, right? And the Bible tells us that. So the the it 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 is going to be hard for someone who is not a Christian to say, Oh, God now pay this, God now do that because they don't know for themselves. So, so and, and, and it's a brilliant statement because it would bring me to the point to where I'm going to ask you the questions um, of how is it then that church is creating this sensitization? How is it then that church itself is creating this environment where people that don't know knows? How is that adding value? Because they're not, it's not something that is a marketed like a strategy. The question is, for those persons who don't know, how is it then that churches are allowing these unsaved persons to know? Because if they are going to be chasing after something, they'd have to know it. They don't know. So you are, you've grown up in church. What about those persons that don't grow up in church? Yeah, but there are a lot of persons who, who didn't grow up in church and uh, they are Christians now and they would tell you the same thing that I am telling you. So how did they discover this? It's just this? a matter. It is just, 
just like the example I gave, you wanting to know a girl and the girl wanting to know you. How how is it that they become but, but let's married? Say perhaps. Or how is it that they get together? You don't just get into a relationship with somebody because the person is cute or the person sexy or whatever. You need to understand the person. You need to get personal with the person, right? So what's the favorite color? What's what what the person like? Where the person is? All of them stuff there. So it's the same thing with God and um, us as Christians. You get personal with him. The Bible is there. God is not too far from anybody. And that's what most persons don't understand because they think that, oh, I can only come to church and find God. And that's it. That's not, that's not it. So it are you saying that persons don't need to go to church? Not saying persons don't need to go to church. Um, I am saying that church is what, what it endorses or it... A gateway to connect with God. Yeah. It's a gateway and it's also like, um, looking for that word, that word. It, it helps you um, based on the person that you're surrounded with, you know, just like when you go to school and you have a test and your friends start helping you for study. So you can get 100 pounds to right? So it is a support for your right. spiritual connection to make that with God. Right. So, so, so church only just provides that level of connection for God. What, would that be spiritual only? Right. No. So, so is, it, is it just spiritual connection that, that church only Not provides? Not only a spiritual connection. Tell us some more, you and Kemar. Um, Kemar, I gotta ask, when you, you've gone through an emotional support and you've recognized that level of hope because of maybe the teachings that you got. What other value maybe physically that you get? Because you're young and, 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 and we, we, we recognize that persons that are young, you have got to gone through some, some, some phases of, of sexual urges and all of these things. How has church helped you with that? Well, the, the argument of morality and immorality has always been a very very serious one and I'm always a very serious one. Why answer these questions because you know not everybody agrees and some persons might agree here and agree here, but how has it helped me? It as I said it's personally I look at things for me, not necessarily for anyone else but for me. So for me, as it relates, you know, the sexual issues and all that, the sexual pressures, I I stop once again. And I looked at what the Bible says, the Bible says, you know, fornication is long, so on and so on, and I accepted that. But then I looked from a logical perspective, and I said, okay, if I should go and have sex now as a teenager, what will it do for me? <laughs> and one, I value my relationship with God, and based on Scripture, when you do that, you, you abhor or you cause a disconnection in your temple because the Bible describes the human body as the temple mm -hmm. and the temple accommodates the Spirit of God. And when you um, defile your body, you defile the temple just causing the Spirit to withdraw from you. So I value my relationship with God to that point. So I looked at it and I said, because even though I know all of that, I still wanted to find a more solid reason as to why I shouldn't go ahead with this decision. And then I said to myself, okay, First of all, I'm 14. I was 14 when I made that decision. I'm 14. And I said, if I go and lay down with a female, 
personally, the one-night stand thing does not make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Because sex is a very emotional thing, and my emotions get inside with yours, and we intertwine in that way. And sometimes we can do it, and we end up being, being stuck with this person. And I honestly believe in the whole thing of four times, where you go and lay with this person, and then before you know it, you, you won't leave the person alone. And unlike some people in this world, I'm not the one to say, okay, I can do a thing and I'm, the next day I move on and I'm fine. No, I believe that if I um, interact with somebody sexually, I must be able to wake up the next day and not feel bad about it. So you're I suggesting feel- that, and for those that are listening around the world, soul ties is the, the teaching or the declaration of what happens in the spiritual realm where persons who have sexual interaction, their souls are connecting with each other. So therefore, they're taking on different attributes and characteristics and even personal attributes uh, like personalities of the person in which they sexually interacted with. So one of my questions I got to jump in and ask you is, you're saying that the body is not to be defiled, but God made sex. So is it that um, you going ahead and you're buying a, a pussy in a bag? Let's say you're perhaps going to be married. Is that what, what you're saying? Well, uh, the pussy in the bag, in, in the bag argument. Oh, my God. All right. Now, the way how I see it, the way how I see it, you have to know what you want for yourself. So, say for example, so, you meet a girl, uh-huh. and you you like the girl, and you you date, court, and eventually you get married. The way I see it, if I am able to sit around and wait for the right person, I honestly believe that it, it, my weight would have not gone in vain. And but but, but if, I got to I got to jump in and say that. We are, even though you you guys are Christians, we have to recognize that we are very much alive and we're not dead, and yeah. we're also young. I'm going to say that I myself have had sexual urges. I've had fornication before, because at the end of the day, I love women. And as a Christian, one of the things that I would say is, hearing that, it would say to me that, um. We, we, maybe you're able to turn off your, your urges or, or the natural part of, of you. But what about those of us that are actually living and actually have to battle with this? I'm very living and it's, it's, like it's one of the worst things to try to resist. Exactly. So, so you're saying easy. that you have resisted and you've stayed a virgin up to this time? If I might add, you see, the thing I do not understand mm-hmm. is, or understand this people, mm-hmm. is that they act as if Christians aren't human. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not supposed to face everything that anybody else or they would say. But what about the persons that would say that you are, you guys are actually, or maybe you're listening and saying, but they're acting like they don't have these feelings, and and what do they actually do? Exactly, exactly. That's 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 what I'm trying to say. I I really don't like when people say that because it's as if they are putting 
Christians to one side. And I know that people haven't like put a stigma on Christians because apparently we're supposed to be perfect. But we are still human. We're so this is going to prompt the question. How does church, I'm going to church, help with this situation? What do you do? Um, Ashley, when you have you have felt the need and the strong rivers of of of, of <laughs> Falls or Niagara Falls have came upon you strongly. Strong rivers. Strong. <laughs> what do you do? Okay. All right. All right. For me. All right. All right. So. All right. Let's see. All right, since I am a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Which we have I'm already declared, perfect. but what do you do? Oh. Don't run down the clock. Right. So I'm just... I'm going to give you some time, let right. you take a deep breath, and I'm going to ask Kemar. Kemar, what okay. do you do? Because most of our listeners will be out there saying, how is this possible? Is he not human? Is he pretending they don't believe you? What do you do to survive all of this time? Firstly, I'd like to make a general statement to the world and all those who are listening. Mm-hmm. Christians are flesh and blood. We are human beings. We have the same life problems. We go through the same. Our exact same struggles. thing. Very similar. Yep. So, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I will just sit and as I've over over years of struggling, I've learned that when they, when they it comes on, I have to quickly change my thoughts. And when I realize that the thoughts are becoming constant, I walk around, I start to sing. I find something to do until, until I feel at ease. Because sometimes the ease doesn't go away. I remember one time, if I can share it, uh-huh. I couldn't sleep one night. couldn't sleep. I didn't go to sleep till like 4 in the morning. Because of it? And yeah, before, like 4 in the morning. And I had to be there, and I'm like, you know what? Exactly. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Because the whole idea of not fornicating, it's, it's moral standards. Keeping yourself pure. It keeps you away from certain things. Because as much as all the Bible contributes it from a, you know, a soul perspective, you have to look at the thing that the idea of the biological aspect where you don't know what who have. They don't know if this female has a particular um, sexually transmitted infection that you don't know about. If she doesn't know if you have one, and next thing you go and you do it and you get infected, and that's a whole big argument. Please, now. please feel free then, to say have sex or have a yes. sex with that person. The, the word oh, sex yeah, that's, is that's quite odd. Yes. So you can speak really. Okay. Um, and. We have to look at the whole thing of teenage pregnancy. You know, that's a really big social problem in society where teenagers go and they have sex and then now they get pregnant and then the, the females follow. And what I've come to realize, the females drop out of school, but the women sent and boy, and if the, the, the boy just keeps on going to school, if he's a um, schooler and he moves on with his life and now this girl has to change her life completely or because got pregnant and I don't really promote abortion and if, if this young teenager decides okay I'm going to keep my child 
she now has to decide within herself. Should I go back to school to, to help support this child or should I just live doing whatever? And now when we jump back to the Christian perspective, so, so hold on. I got to interject. So in that period of time, you were able to sit at, with all of those urges and to think about all of that? Well, you see, because it's a recurring thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, 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 I developed... So you have developed the ability to chart a path to have these thoughts to ease the tension? Yeah. But what about... I had a conversation, and I got to tell you, where there was these individuals at like uh, some sort of youth organization thing. And there was this pastor that came through and was making some statements and was asking questions with the young Christians. And he said, he knows that even when you take a shower, it is still standing. So we laughed. <laughs> it is still standing. So what do you do? And the struggle is real. The fact is that there are those of us that are in real life that goes ahead and there's masturbation that act, acts as a deterrent to actually physically fornicate. However, masturbation is deemed as a sin. Are you suggesting to me that there are a majority of Christians that are out there that are holding the fort? And are suppressing the feeling of the need uh, for penis and vaginas interaction? Yes, believe it. Yes, I, I can definitely generalize and say that. I'm not sure if everyone in my age group or in my age cohort is holding the fort, but for those who I communicate with, they are holding out it. They say it's not easy. And, you know, so, uh, how do you know that they're not lying? Well, the few friends I have, I trust them enough to know. To be, and believe. And to know and believe that they are, they are not embarking on that particular path. And I, I, yeah, I, have, I have friends uh -huh. who have come to me and say, and say Kemar, you know that I went that way. I went and I had sex and I'm like, yeah, you bro. My, my, my best friend texted me and said, come on, you know, I did this. And I'm like, seriously, and I didn't want to be there, you know, holier than thou. So I just said, all right, bro, pick up yourself. You do your thing. But and if I come and say, you know, we will find this argument, I'm going to be the bad friend. So I just say, you know what, he did it, and he moved on. So let's just leave it at that. My business is going to come out there, but I'm going to talk it. And, 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 and I'm so happy that you're so strong-willed at it. Um, and, but we're going to go back to the question that I asked um, um, Asham. Um, so don't think I forgot it, but I don't. I don't. Because I'm going to make another statement and, and have you some, know something. And, and that's so interesting of the statement that you made, um, Kimara, where you're seeing where all of these persons are saying that they have done it and maybe even that prompts you with the thought and say, I wonder what it is like. And you know the temptation comes up so strongly like a loud voice in your ear. <laughs> but but Asham, what do you do as an individual when that time would have come upon you and the need arises? 
We are strong enough to speak our own truths. So maybe maybe I should go first and 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 free the the atmosphere. Um, at this point, let me just go out there and say, hey, links to my boy Doctor Narine. We have had lots of conversations in and around these things here. My boy Doctor Narine um is in Canada. Um, listening in, it's an absolute pleasure in having you. Um, you're my brother, and as you go ahead and study your psychology. And you, you hold strong to the Christian principles. Let me thank you for being so much loyal to the very show. We appreciate you so much. So hear this. Um, as I just healed up my boy, Dr. Narayan. There are times where I myself have gone through the situation. We've gone through the, 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 the urges and the, and the response of solution by masturbation. And we've gone through the responses of... Um, Maybe, maybe even fornication. Sometimes it's not intentional, but you'd find yourself in a, in a state or a place. And this is one of the reasons why back in the day when I was younger too, I tried as much not to be within some spaces or places, especially where women are, because this can also prompt the need for a reaction and not being in the same place. What I do generally is I'm always busy. So the time that I would, would, would have to even get that opening to think about the very activity, I wouldn't have that time. I would be too tired, so I'd just go to my bed when I get home. Do you understand? So those are some of, of our mitigation strategies. So those are some things that, 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 that I would do. And the fact is, and let me tell you, I lost my virginity when I was quite young. I, I, I was within the age of between 7 to 10. That's how I lost my virginity. Believe me or not. And to those of you that are listening around the world, yes, Jamaica, in some aspects of life, when you are exposed to maybe different uh, children and they're exposed to different homes, sexualization is something that is quite real. It's in our ads. It's in our mu music. And I'm not just referring to Jamaica alone, just generally around the world. This is something that happens. And therefore, you, as your child, you're going to be seeing things happening and you're going to be curious to try it. So that's how I lost my virginity at those young ages. So I was very much exposed. Um, my parents were not... A spontaneous captivation of your attention to bring you to the peak of your climax. I'm your fresh caster, VIP Tevbi, creator and host of the climax with the fragrance of voices of today. Your home of inspiration. Hashtag TaylorMade. So let's get high. So thank you so very much for you or listeners that are uh, joining. So we, we just had to take a, a small break there because um, we lost um, one of our guests and um, closed Asham online. So as I was saying to you that I lost my virginity at um, the age of seven years old. Um, but even in that period of time, there was 
quite a lot of urges whilst growing up and I was ashamed of it when as a young man I'm growing and my penis was getting larger or whatever you're growing as an individual you were I, I was a bit, a bit ashamed and I'm going to be talking about some things that even maybe other persons are out there maybe you're suffering from it um youths maybe you might be pouncing on this podcast and this will be an inspiration to you I have gone through the place where I was ashamed of my own self, like it was wrong. And one of the things is that growing up as a Christ, in a Christian home, you always try to ensure that you're, you're doing the right thing because some morals that were taught to me. But as growing up, you always had the guilt, even if you fornicate, that you did something wrong. And it's a remorse. Um, but I think one of the values that, that that church does add is you keeping in line to becoming your best self and not violating your your own self. So that's one of the things I think it does when it comes out to sex. Um, Ashley, <laughs> I don't want to be talking too much. You are about fine. no. So I told you um, what I do when it comes on to that time. Go ahead and answer. Okay, what I do. All right, so... <laughs> well, from when... Well, sometimes it really comes, like, heavily, heavily. You know, like, you cannot get rid of it. But what I do most times... Uh, as Kimar said, like, I try to do something else. Like, think about something else. Or I call somebody and I just start talking about something, like, just bringing on things, mm-hmm. right? Um, or I start watching some YouTube, you know, all of my YouTube videos, um, and that's something I do. And let's say uh, I want to go to my bed. There are some nights that I wake up and the urge is still there, you know, but me say, I know tonight, you know, you know, I work out tonight, you know, I know tonight. <laughs> So like, like I literally just force my mind to start thinking. Otherwise, um, like I start praying, you know, start quote my words or something like that, you know. But that's what I do for most times. You know, it's not always gonna be hundred percent the same thing. You know, sometimes you just really want to do it and just get it over with, and that happens. You know, you just do it, you just get it off. Uh-huh. And you well, move along with your life. I can I can definitely un- understand because there are lots of young Christians or people that are actually inside of church that are struggling with this because it's actually a reality. Yeah. I had hell going through high school. Have you <laughs> have you have you ever thought about any situation like that? Have you been in a situation like that, Kemar?
and with one of my friends I had a discussion and I was saying, you know, this foolish it is wrong, but never say to us why it is wrong. So I sat down and I and again I went and I was friends and I thought out of reasons why it would be wrong for the to me. And I heard you mention um of the struggle being real because honestly these urges, you know, these urges are very real and we're all human. We all go through it. And sometimes we're just there sitting and then it comes upon us and we're like, oh Lord, why not? Even in places where you won't even expect it to happen. And mm-hmm. it's just there. It's just there. And personally, mm-hmm. the struggles came and I, I, I felt so bad when the struggles came and I was just wondering, what is going on? And I had to reach a part where I said to myself, you know what? These Feelings are very natural. I'm a real person. Yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm a real person, and these things are going to happen to me. I began to appreciate the fact that, yo, I'm a man. I'm going to stand at attention at some time. It's just going to happen. It's just, I'm going to have the urges of it. It's just going to happen. And when I became comfortable with my naturalness, I was able to, like, when the feeling comes on, you reach a point where I just say, you know, it's easy and just move on with life. You know, because I just wasn't having it. Or I would just get up and I would find something to do because honestly, when you busy your mind, the thought actually really and truly does go away. I remember when um, everyone went into lockdown here and school closed and I had nothing to do. And for about a couple months straight, I had to ask myself if I was okay because nothing wasn't happening. I had the urge came, but after a while, it just went away, and I'm like, am I okay? I had to be thinking myself a couple times, I'm thinking, am I dreaming? And I realized that it was because my mind was busy thinking about other things. And that's and the good. moment, yeah, the moment I, I, I went on a test to see if I was still okay, the urges came back sudden, and I'm like, oh, Lord. And now I'm just going back on this. Just imagine you over there. The devil is a liar. <laughs> yes, I can definitely understand. Um, one of the reasons, and to your listeners that are actually listening, the reasons that this is coming through is, is because of what we're talking about. Our church is adding value, and this is it why people are not going to church. And this is one of the things that why people say, you have some person that will say, I, I don't go to church because I want to have sex, and, I, and they are telling me not to. And I don't th- they don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, because people just want to be who they want to be and they want to have fun and they want to go to parties and they want to live a, 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 a life that they feel whatever it is and they want to smoke and they want, but when they go to church it, 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 they're putting a stopping to it now in the addition of value because we actually go through these things one of the things that that most persons actually struggle with was is masturbation how is it? I, I personally struggled with it. I mean, I grew on it. It's just a fact. Because you're trying to be a Christian and you're trying not to go out there and do things that you ain't supposed to do, you know, based on your, your thought, your, your, your teachings and what you know. And in the middle of the night, you recognize that maybe your hand is down your pants or maybe your hand is down your, your, your panties. Yes, you that are out there listening and are out there, you, you know you're guilty. You know you're guilty listening. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. <laughs> acting like you ain't guilty and over here criticizing. <laughs> but the truth is, 
that these things happen. You lay asleep yeah. and, 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 and these things come upon you. In your deep sleep and he just wakes you up. The question is, going to church, what does that do? Are you taught to do something about it? Go ahead and tell us something about this, um, Ashley. Oh, <laughs> um, okay, uh, at church. Well, right, for my church, as example, mm -hmm. right, I have friends that came out in front of them, and um, my church people and I are very, very, very close, very close, like, we're brothers and sisters living in the same house. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and what they do, or what we do with each other, is that we encourage each other. Or pastor as well, he's a very humane person, if that's the word I should use. Mm -hmm. That's good. Right? He's very down to earth, and he will tell you as is. You understand me? And he. He, he helps us and also will use pastors. Oh, when you say help, I got I, because there are those that are out there listening and they say, what do she Oh, mean? yeah, sure. <laughs> what, when you say helps you and, and you're encouraging each other, do you say have faith in the Lord and the power <laughs> of his might? And remember no, no, to put no, no. on the whole armor. Do they speak to you and say, listen, this is going to happen to you. And this is what uh, I do. Well, of course, he has his preacher side. But as I said, he's a very down-to-earth person. Mm -hmm. And so, like, one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. or, like, even in general, you know, can basically do words of encouragement, as you would call it. Right. And you give it to us as easy. Tell us, say, oh, then I put you on it in the armor. And just like all we did, you're actually you know, saying we have the strong urges and then come and go. You know, he tells us that it's there. But knowing that um, we are Christians and um, defiling the temple, as Kimara said, is not something that um, God wants us to do because, you know, that's not of God. So, so what about the persons that would retaliate and say that sex was created by God and they, they, are, they are sexual beings? And say about that subtopic is that definitely sex was created by God. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So why is it a bad thing? It's not a bad thing. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not a bad thing. But. But at the end of the day, people want to rub out front. Why can't they not rub out front? Yeah, of course they can rub out front in marriage. Is <laughs> <laughs> what we believe, right? And the Bible tells us about that. So, um, it's not that we um, push sex one side and all Christian, you know, we don't know not more sex and we totally obliterate that, like, okay. yeah. We're going to come just back totally to... totally just push that away. It's not like that. So, people just get the wrong images or the wrong image 
our impression about Christianity. <laughs> Around the world, by the way, of the internet, this is the climax of VIP Tefbi. Remember, this is the place that you've come to not only be inspired, but to be enlightened as you're connected through spontaneous captivations. Now, this is the question. Are churches adding value? Is this the reason why people are not going to church? One of the strongest statements that were made is uh, by, by our special guest, Kemar, that suggests that in finding value, you have to go after what you want. One of the things that another of our guests said, which is Esham, is when you know that you are a Christian, you ensure that you're doing the right thing. And it is an important thing when we're able to look at it not only as a Christian, but as human beings, ensuring that we're doing the right thing wherever we are. To you in Japan, Helens to Uno, <laughs> to our, uh, our poet, the Rastaman Blabber, thank you so very much for being a part of the climax. We are truly appreciative of you. Now, as we shift a bit of gears there, and we're going to go back to the, the, the sixth thing and we're going to put some marriage into it and um, are some things good to be done as, as, as married persons, married persons. But at the end of the day, one of the things persons would say is that, you know, going to church, I got no church, you're not going to any church because it, it, they do not, they're not getting, getting, getting paid for it. And after they have gone through the batter bruising and all of those things and they go to church, Maybe even some women in abusive relationships, they, 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 don't, they don't get support. What would you say to these people that are actually saying they don't see the sense in going to church because it's not helping them? You've got to speak up just a bit so that our guests, can, our listeners can hear you. You hear me now? Yes, a bit better. Okay, so I learned of various principles and I thought to learn them more myself. Mm -hmm. Now, the idea of when persons are going through their very own problems and issues in their own home and they're saying, why should I become a Christian because nothing is going to change? That, first of all, that's just a mentality. You're having a bit of a bad connection. Could you repeat that for us? Uh, you hear me? Uh, yes, we're hearing you better. Go ahead now. Start again. Yes, the Christian philosophy teaches us that when we come to Christ, you give Christ your burdens and your sins and so on, and he gives you his peace, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. Now, we must understand that just as Christ, the Bible teaches us that Christ went through a whole lot before he died to free us from the bondage of sin, and likewise, those who choose to believe in him, they have to suffer as well. Mm -hmm. Now, what I realize is this. It's not necessarily the problem free as a Christian, but when you become a Christian, the value 
that the, that your Christian journey brings to you will not will allow you to no longer look on your problems, but say that listen, I see. And before I even go to that, I see Christianity as a whole mentality. Like for example, I may be going through my struggles, but I choose to believe that listen, something better is going to happen. And when you remain positive, positivity comes your way, one, and I, one way or another. So, so what about those? Me. What about those students that are going to school, and they are recognizing that they're not, you, you know, they're not, they're, 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 they're having issues even. Um, even even paying for tuition and all these things and they just said you know i can't focus on this church thing um they have maybe a role in church and they say you know i'm gonna have to go and look at work um every friday i have to be at a youth fellowship or something but 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 what value is it adding to this aspect of my life and development what about the woman that is out there that is not having any dinner but they give their last as a tithe and offering Outward way of thinking, you know, faith is the whole phenomenon of faith. Faith is the evidence of things hope on the on the substance of it. Things mm -hmm. not seen. Hope I got that right. And um, it's a whole. As I said, it's a whole mentality. Because I've I've personally experienced it where, as I mentioned, my father left and it's my mother and I, and my mother doesn't work. I was a full time student going to school five days a week. And I've seen where, I've personally seen where we have nothing. And weekend after weekend, mommy keeps coming in with bags of grocery. Bills are being paid. And I'm, I kept wondering to myself, how is this happening? And I realized that it was our relationship with God and the value it has. It, gives, it, it, teaches, that, that it teaches us that, listen, you are going to have your problems. We, we must understand. I'm saying to everybody who's listening, because Christians full of problems just like anybody else in this world. Probably more problems than those who are in the world. But we have a particular mentality where we think forwardly. We say that, listen, this is our reality, but we will not accept our reality. And it's the same for those who are looking at the Christians and saying, what will Christianity do for me? When you come to Christ, you have to um, think in yourself, come to a conclusion within yourself that, listen, this is my reality where I was when I was a sinner. And I want, and based on the teachings and the benefits that the Christians or the church offers, I'm going to now use this to better myself. As you said, the church adds value to your life in helping you becoming a better you. So when you now take what the church gives to you or take what the church teaches you, you are able to use it to better yourself, improve who you are, better get to understand what you are and what you and your purpose in this world. At the end of the day, it all comes down to you. If you see, if, if uh, a church comes in a community and, you know, preaching the gospel, come to Christ, repent and be saved and believe by faith and you'll be saved and you become a Christian and you're saying, okay, how am I going to make it out? First of all, you have to make a stance within yourself that, listen, I may not be as fortunate as others who, who may, who I see, or as a student, I may not be as rich enough to pay my tuition full every year without any student loans. 
you have to reach a point where in yourself where you can say, listen, I may not have, but I believe in God and I believe in myself enough to know that one way or another, through determination, faith, persistence and perseverance, that at the end of the day, you have to complete college, you have to complete school or university, and that money is going to be paid. So you're so. What about those prisoners who are saying that it you know is sounding as if you're living on a on a fantasy? Uh, is is that you're living in a fantasy though though Kemar that you know um, food came down and and, and <laughs> bills are paid and and you, 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 it's just the relationship. So you're saying the relationship with God paid your mom? Not so how did she acquire, uh, achieve these, the, 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 the physical things? Because the last I checked, God is, is, is a spirit. Am I not correct? So did he pull money out of his pockets and put it into the physical realm? Not necessarily. So how did this happen? Because we are, the listeners are out there and they're asking this. Okay, let me be a little bit more realistic. So we say that God will provide, right? Mm-hmm. And then we say... We now say, how will he provide? That's the follow-up question. Mm-hmm. You don't have it, and you want it, or you need it. And you are trying to figure out how, it, how it's going to come. Faith says, believe that it's going to come, and it shall come. You don't see it, but it will come. And one way or another, you end up seeing that probably you applied for a scholarship that you may not, or you weren't necessarily qualified for, or probably someone you came across. I say, for example, you're in school and you participate in a lot of clubs and societies and so on and you participate and you are well known and because of your academics and how you participate in these clubs, persons see you and they don't know that listen, you're you're moving to university and you're struggling to find the money, yet still they just out of nowhere come and say, Listen, I'm going to half of your tuition or I'm going to pay your tuition in full. That's how the provision of God comes. And as a matter of fact, we cannot limit the provision of God to one thing. It happens in various ways. It could happen that, you know, you don't have, um, you, you just got paid at work and it, it got splurged and bills and sending children back to school or other miscellaneous um, um, funds or, mm-hmm. or items and then you're just going and you're saying, okay, how am I going to get money to go back to work to buy put gas in the car or stuff like that? And some way, somehow, you have a bridging where you haven't heard in a couple of years, heard from him in a couple of years, and he calls you up and says, hey, you know, it's a long time I haven't heard from you. And he's such a good friend that he says, guess what? I just got a new job and I got a certain amount of money and I'm going to send you this because, you know, you just dropped on my mind and I'm going to send this to you. That's one, another way how God could provide. So it's not a fantasy. It's not just a dream that you're saying, okay, I'm laying down and I'm thinking of being all rich and and, and being well provided for and nothing is wrong. Trust me, your problems are very much there. But you reach a point where you can say, listen, you know what, my problems are there, but I'm going to be a forward thinker and I'm going to push to the point where you can say, guess what? You believe, you believe, because the whole thing of Christianity comes with belief. And it so happens 
that you, you don't necessarily see a lot of the things that you believe in. But this belief comes through the thing I mentioned called faith. And faith is a very wide phenomenon if you look at it. Because why am I going to sit down and hope for something that I know seems very much impossible to happen? For example, I am planning to move to university in Kingston next year, next year, um, September. Mm. And the tuition is quite high. And I'm saying to myself, how am I going to reach the point where I pay the first year in full and able to go through school in comfort? And I said, you know what? I don't know the future. I can only set myself in a particular way to allow certain opportunities to come about. That's what faith does. Say, for example, I want to move to university and I want my tuition paid. You cannot just sit down and expect that it's just going to pay itself. Mm. The Bible says in the book of James, faith without works is dead. <laughs> God doesn't believe in lazy people. You cannot just come to Christianity and say, listen. I got to stop you there. I got to stop you there. And why I stopped you there is because that's an interesting scenario. Faith without works is dead. Hashtag this for you that are listening. Faith without works is dead. You cannot expect for something to be done only on faith. You would have to put your foot into it too. That's an interesting scenario. Um, so I recently, just before my birthday, last week Sunday, got accepted into the University of London to Take do to do law. That's good. That's good. That's good. To do law. And we did all the examination and interviews and passed with A plus grades. Thank you, Doctor Goth, yeah. if you're hearing me. And Miss awesome. Maxine Watts. Um, with the University of the Commonwealth Caribbean partnership with us. Now, question to y'all. I didn't know how this would happen because it was for two years that I've applied. Two years ago, like 2018, 17, around that time. And it was an accident how that day, what I came through. But they did not do law um, virtually. But here comes a pandemic. Are you saying that there is a faith... And there is an entity of, of, of a living being, an organism, that would have created a scenario like this to happen. A situation that becomes a reality where the opportunity that was not became. Okay, okay repeat that question. <laughs> so I'm saying, is it that... Uh, is it that you're saying that, as in, uh, um, given that all of this happened and before when there was no pandemic, it was not possible for me because they, it was not done virtually online, but now it's done being done virtually online and even now being accepted and all of that and, it, you, you know, law takes a lot of funds. And you're saying yeah. to me that it's, it's, it's a faith and it's, 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 it's a, a living organism, which is a God that is out there that is able to create this and cause this to happen even at this time? Wow. <laughs> all right, so first of all, I would say God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him, spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. All right, 
God works in mysterious ways. A lot of people can attest to the... So the is that a yes or is that a no? It's a yes. Is that yes? Mm -hmm. I believe for the question. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And keep the question in mind. Continue. Right? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> right. So, God works in mysterious ways. And for the pandemic, a lot of persons would think, you know, that it has done good. But I met somebody today and he said, you know, the pandemic did good, but also it did bad. So it was half and half. And I can say it's the same for me because I never thought that I was going to start school this year either. You understand me? And funny, it might be funny. But it's working out quite well for me. The online classes, I I believe it's better for me right now. And everything is going smoothly so far. And I have to give God thanks for that, you know. And and what so, are you studying, actually? Oh, uh, dental hygiene. Well, congratulations to you. <laughs> you, you and Kamar, you guys are making great strides. You're <laughs> academically inclined. Congrats to you, Kemar. Thank you. Awesome. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dash. Then finish what you're saying. All right. So, I will say that definitely you have to have the faith and you have to work alongside with God. And the moment you think it's not going to happen, you understand me? That's when God shows up and so for like you Tevan, you know and you didn't know where Kazlasko was in the whole new company and it's it's a lot. You understand? Um for you and for myself and for Kemal who we didn't know how we're gonna start this year. We wanna go to school this year. We never know how we were going to start it. We never know where the money's gonna come from, how we're gonna sustain ourselves while going through it. Right? But there God was and still is, you know. So definitely I'd say The climax takes you into the secret place where you find the higher calling to become your best self and finding your purpose. Finding life's purpose is an embedded within you. It's an energy that emanates which helps you daily to get out of bed and remember that you are awesome. Now, when we look at all of this, and you coming through so strongly as Sham and Kemar, persons going to church or not going to church would say that they wonder how their lives could be better. And we might be talking about academics, and then they are saying, I don't see anything going on in my life. Is it that there should be some things that are implemented in church or in the lives of of church? Maybe some 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 things that are that can be done or already are being done, but you think it needs to be improved, which would encourage persons to come to church. Maybe let me give you an example. Um, 
churches, one of the things that I, I used to do back in the day um, when I encouraged persons to grow and I was set in charge. I never really wanted it, but I, it was assigned to me, so I had to do it. And I, I, it was a joy for me, other than choral directing and singing, was leading a youth fellowship or the youth department. And one of the things that I did was to speak about entrepreneurship and building your best self and showing persons that there are other sources of income that could be acquired. And one of the things I used to say is, just like an, a, a country or an organization or an institution has its own economy, if each person goes out there and they have a farm or someone is doing a business and we support each other, it helps to build the wealth. And persons that are going to schools like ch like children, when they're coming from, from school, one of the things that I recommended to be implemented is a homework program where they're assisted because most parents cannot really do the work or not, you know, literate. Yeah. And that was one of my ways of looking at it, not only just as speaking on the spiritual aspect, but enhancing and adding some value to lives. There are those persons that are out there that are struggling where they don't even have things to eat. And even my personal church that I go to goes ahead and provides food. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to know about it or the entire world need to know. But someone is out there is in need. But what about the emotional aspect? Do you guys think that some things could be implemented or support, uh, let's say, teenagers? I want that question to be answered by you, Kemar, and then we hear it from Asha. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the emotional part. So I've been doing a lot of thinking on that because myself and Ashley, we lead a group of teenagers at our church, and I've been thinking practically on how we could, you know, bring together everybody. And I, it's surprising me. It came to my conclusion that Persons might come to church, and I'm talking teenagers, young people, mm -hmm. come to church and they wear a broad smile, everyone is happy, you know, and on the inside, they are struggling emotionally with, you know, probably unacceptance, verbal abuse, physical abuse, stuff like that. Things that they aren't readily comfortable with, just speaking openly, because not everybody has the ability to come and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Some persons prefer to into themselves and find some other way to let it out and I realized that I, and I thought of ways in which not just our little group but the church in general could help persons emotionally now it helps it helps to trust mm -hmm. right it, it helps to trust and we always refer to the church as one big family mm -hmm. and if are part of a family, you must have one or two persons in that family who you can go to and say, you know, this is my problem and I need a little help with it. Do you think so, most church needs to have, have that or do churches have it? Yes, yes. The, the, the whole big brother, big sister type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I was at the same time, 40, age 14, and I was thinking all these things through, I found a mentor at my church, and he was able to help me with a lot of 
these things that were crossing my mind helped me to order my thoughts and stay on the right path um, as a Christian. So we must be able to find somebody. And I'm going to say this generally to even the young persons who are listening, if you're a Christian specifically, find somebody. Don't keep what you're struggling with to yourself. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. Find somebody in your church who is trustworthy enough to the point where you can be real with them and they can be real with you about what you're going through. Because we don't just want to be going to church and be and and be growing spiritually and and, and physically and so, stuff like that. So what about the persons that are unsaved and are not going to church and never go to church and not grew up in a church? Now that that particular one how could they um, find emotional support? Now I, I put some thought into it and I put some thought into that as well from recent times ago and I and I wondered how do persons who are Christians find a way to believe themselves. It still comes down to finding somebody who you can trust. And as a Christian, as an um, unbeliever, you wouldn't necessarily go to a church person and say, hey, not, not every unbeliever would get up and go to a Christian and say, yo, I am struggling with this and I need a Christian. Yeah, because some people would say they're a hypocrite and they're this. Yes. Yeah. The, that the whole hypocrite argument and not be with church. And they would want to and that's where the whole thing of drugs and gun and all these things come in. They want to find a way yeah, out. Yeah, judgmental. Yeah, they want to find, and they don't want to be judged because just like every human being, they have issues and they have struggles. And they and the church paints, I might get in trouble for this, but the church paints an image that, listen, we're all holy and all put together, so if you come with your problems, we're going to condemn you and throw you out. No, that's not what the church should be. The church should say, listen, Come with your problems and we will help you to become a better person, help you to assort everything that is going on, assort. I like that. You're speaking your truths. Yes. Yes, Bring everything to order instead of saying, you know what, instead of painting a picture that says, we're just all high and mighty and you are too smart for us. No, that's not what the church and Christianity is. As a matter of fact, that's not what Christianity is. The Christian, Christianity says that, listen, Go out to persons who are dogged and who are dirty and do all sorts of nastiness and say to them, listen, you're doing all this and it's not necessarily right. But we have a way or we can provide a way where you can become a better you and forsake this particular lifestyle that you used to live and you can add value to. We can help you add value to yourself. Even as an unbeliever, they can find somebody out there, you know, Find a friend. I mean, I'm talking, no, one of the friends where you smoke with, or one of the friends where you where they help, where they, where they add to your, 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 your problems. Find some conscious person out there who not, you may not necessarily be a believer, but that person is, is, is a straightforward thinker. And they can say to you, even if he, he or she is not a believer, they can say to you, no, you know, so you're not going right. And they can help you to think a particular way, help you to get and you can become comfortable with yourself, with the person, as an unbeliever, to get past certain things. Because everybody needs somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in the whole soul of flying thing. No man is an island. No man stands alone. So you, you have some point in your life, you're going to need somebody to help you with some 
Could you add to this view, Ashley or Asham? Yes. So I totally agree with what Kemar is saying. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, as he went ahead and said that um, we are definitely needing some young people in our church. I hope other churches are too. Right? So um, in terms of the young people, as you said, we have the Big Brother, Big Sister program, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to implement that. And definitely agree. You get someone, find someone who you're very much comfortable with, you know, um, you can trust them and you're able to share with them, right? And sometimes, eventually, we just want somebody to talk to. Right, and just as I, just as Kimar said, you know, one way or the other, somebody is going to be there, somebody needs to be there. Because the truth is, people can definitely suffer um, in their mentality. Silence alone. Mm-hmm. Right? So, sometimes some of us need some, some small talk, you know, little help, you know, some form of guidance along the way. So, even if it's not one person, right, for the Christians, you can definitely find that one person in the church might not be, you know, your family, but that one person in the church or your friend where you know so firm and they may not go tell you anything out of the way, you know. Mm-hmm. And for the unsaved, it's, it's, it's just the same. Um, the church is not here to bash anybody. Um, the church shouldn't be bashing anybody. <laughs> we are here to make you feel comfortable. We're here to make you feel like yourself and to get you closer to God. So even for the unsaved, if you know you you come to a church or you know somebody in your house is a Christian or is able to help you in any way to them, because trust me, having, you see, that mental issue is nothing normal and people can die from that stuff you know suicide and all of that can happen so that's what we're trying to move from you know to get our young people to feel alive to feel like themselves and not feel as if they are suffocating or they are or, or, or they are alone mm-hmm. so definitely i agree with kemar 100 percent and i must come through and <laughs> make some 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 things now we're at the peak of our climax and this is the part where not only i'd use things like affirmations but these are some things that i think would possibly be stopping persons from coming to church people do not think that they are in terms of achieving like uh, goals in some aspects, or maybe in some churches, they don't see these things happening. They're not seeing people being progressive in church. So persons that are maybe academically minded, looking for a steady career, and are not yet too really focused, they will pray. Because you do have unsaved people or people that don't go to church that do pray. Even more than so many people that go to church, believe me. But at the end of the day, when it comes on to 
fitting into society. You're not taught these things at school or how to survive. What about these people that would go out and, and get a fish, but how do they know to fish? So I think people don't come to church in some areas because of that. Another thing is that people feel as if they are being humiliated or they're being they're not accepted. And there are some bad habits that needs to be drilled out where people that are in church need to learn to not critique or criticize or make a, a pe a people right. feel like they're strangers. You're so right. that's one another thing. Um, there are some things that are not attractive that are creating enough balance for ba basically older persons and especially younger persons because they're not finding that level of excitement because they're in the peak of their life. But if there are not activities that are no activities that are happening, these persons won't go. My recommendations are creating different strategies of marketing the, 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 the church out there as, as something that is, it is holy. Yes, it is. But it's also here to help you. Speaking about the, 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 the abstract side, abstract side, for those of you that are listening, um, and, and, and not touching into the realistic side. Because people mostly that are unsaved, they look mostly on the realistic side, what they can feel and touch, the, inta the tangibles. We yeah. speak about the intangibilities, which is the spiritual realms that makes intangibility tangible. Like when you don't know where, where your next food is coming from. I've lived alone for, for a, a, a vast amount of time without anyone. I'm now where my mom is to take, take care of her. But th uh, th there were days when, when in my earliest part when I just moved out purposely just to get my feet out there wet and feel what struggle is like when there is no food there to eat. But I never go ahead and get hungry because there was always a provision that came through. Um, at the end of the day, we know what the struggles are and um, achieving things on your own. And no one was there to teach you certain things. In terms of investments and things of developed financial stability, these are realistic parts of life that even Christians themselves, as you did speak of, um, Kemar, have to go through where you're going to need to buy grocery. You're going to need to put gas in your car like, oh, my car takes a lot of gas too sometimes. But at the end of the day, we have to recognize that we have to connect with the people, not only spiritually, but on a personal level. So those are some things that I'd recommend. Mm -hmm. So you not having a good shoes this week, instead of me looking at it, I'm going to say, I'm going to bless you with that. And then speak to them privately. People don't like to be embarrassed. They like to yeah. feel important. So you cannot feel good to say, oh, come and get baptized and every day you remember them. But once they baptize, they don't remember them again. That's not <laughs> how it goes. Right. The other part is ensuring that you are not letting people feel as if they're forgotten. Um, people that feel as if they're left out or they're not growing in terms of becoming better will continue to be stagnant. What about creating, like Tasha Cobbs, you know Tasha Cobbs, Leonard, um, no, most people, they don't know this artist, or, but he's my favorite though. William Murphy III, 
Bishop William Murphy actually grew into the spirituality of Tasha Cobbs. She went to that church and she didn't know some things and she went there as a young unsaved person and after she accepted Christ and all of that, she became the lead vocalist on praise and worship and now Tasha Cobbs is a Grammy Award winning doing everything on her own. Sometimes people just want a little boss. If you had us, I may say. So sometimes put, putting, giving the people the responsibility, you know that you're going to have to lead these people. And they know that they have a duty to, 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 to do something when they recognize that they have some level of um, responsibility like that. They go ahead and they'll go to church. So if we look at all of those things, those sometimes are missing ingredients that causes people not to go to church now what are your you guys your recommendations let's let's start with you asham because you're very eager come on through girl <laughs> recommendations for persons out there that would be well churches and in in making it more susceptible for acceptance okay all right so all right so last words for tonight all right, as I said before, churches shouldn't be bashing anyone. You know, Christ came here and he died for us and he accepted everyone that came to him. He blessed them, he healed them. Right? They're all there in the Bible, the different stories. He did not reject them. Right? And so we now are, we as a church, we are Christ extended hands so we are now placed here on earth to help whomever where we're whoever we can help right mm -hmm. and anybody that comes to us we should not bash them we should not scold them you know um and so i would say to the churches out there you know, so as Christ loved us, let us love each other. You know, <laughs> let us let us go out there and stand for Christ. And you know, we're here on the earth to draw people to Christ. So us um, telling them otherwise, um, you know. Tell them to oh, they can't come to church because they have to make it or whatever. No, that's not the way to go. You know, all of us here once here, you know, and um, I believe that each person should use their struggle as a stepping stone for ourselves and also for others, mm -hmm. right? So that we can draw an eye to God. So. That's all I can say <laughs> for the church you got. Uh, Kemar, make another make another recommendation. Well, I what can I say? I I just say be real, be loving, and be truthful. <laughs> be real uh, in the sense that you know, tell the people that listen, you're in the world, you're not in a dream. You come to Christ, you're still going to be in the world. The only thing we're saying, don't live like the world, but you're still going to have problems, you're still going to have various issues. 
and stuff like that. Be loving in the sense that not everybody is going to be all put together. Not everybody is going to be organized. There are going to be some persons who are going to mess up, who are going to make mistakes from time to time. And be truthful. Don't cut corners. Because right. as much as how the truth hurts sometimes, I believe that it is better when you hurt me with the truth, with the truth, than to hurt me with lies. Because when you hurt me with the truth, I can definitely look into myself and say, yo, you know, I really need to do better. So be real, be loving, and be truthful. Absolutely brilliant. One of the things that I also recommend is that persons that are actually in church or going to church should portray themselves in different aspects of society. I'd make a recommendation to my brother Delano Brown, who would have made some statements whilst we were communicating some time ago, that you cannot expect for the children not to be exposed to dirty music in public transportation if you as a Christian is not putting your own public transportation out there for them to listen to clean music. You cannot look for persons out there to not hear and see the club upstairs in a town that are, is selling liquor or, 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 or drugs or things like that. And you as a Christian have not established an establishment playing Christian music where persons are actually going to. So one of the things is that if you're going to be the light and the beacon of change to attract persons to you, you have to meet people where they are. This is so brilliant. One of the hashtag statements made here on the climax, like you've never heard before. After these last statements, it must be reiterated of ensuring that you are doing the right thing, as Asham said. One of the statements made by Kimar is, if you are looking for value, you have to go out there for it. One of the most powerful statements he, which he just made is, be real, loving, and truthful. Uh, Sham said, do not go ahead and bash anyone. And if, you, and if you're, you're bashing anyone, remember not to discriminate. Don't look at them as half-naked. Look at it as an opportunity. For them to become their best self. I want to say to you. As you meet people where they are. The value that you add. Or look for. You must always remember. That valuing yourself first. Is a first line of discovering. Your true self. It's a climax wherever you are. Let me say thank you so very much. To Kemar Thompson for joining us. Asham, Ensuring that we are on point. I appreciate both of you and for you around the world. <laughs> Give our thank you to and um, to you that are around the world that have taken the time to listen through your speakers of your car in your home from Google Play, from iTunes, and from Overcasts, Spotify, even in your ears. I appreciate you. I'm VIP Tevbi. I've come through strong, but I'm not able to be as strong as you because you have placed me where I'm at. I thank you so very much. Appreciate it. Bye-bye for now.